Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, how are we? I just want you all to know that I just spent the last, I don't know, too many hours playing Snood on my computer. Do you guys remember Snood? Somebody on my Facebook mentioned that they have it on their phone. And I was like, well, I want to play Snood, but I don't want to play it on my phone. I want to play it on my computer. And the great news is that you can still download the same exact version of Snood that you played in, I don't know, 2001? Is that when we played Snood? I'm just, I'm thrilled. Will it give my computer a virus? Probably. Is it worth it? Yeah, I, I think so. I have been playing Snood for the last, well, not 24 hours, because, like, I have a job to go to, which is, you know, the worst, but I've been playing a lot of Snood, and that makes my life great. So, a little update on format, a little housekeeping, if you will. I am still extremely bored by Team Mom OG, like, extremely bored by it. I am still loving Young and Pregnant. But let's be real, like, I can't just ignore my OG girls. Like, they are my girls. They're the reason that I love this show. I'm not just going to abandon them. So I think what I'm going to do is really make a life sacrifice and watch both shows, recap both shows, but only do short recaps of OG unless, like, something crazy happens, which... I find hard to believe. I basically just want to touch on like what happened happens in each girl's storyline and what's going on with them. If I'm impressed by anything, like I took about four notes for Kate's segment this week. I didn't care about anything that Kate did. Macy's segment found kind of interesting. Amber's segment kind of interesting. Oh, surprise, there's nobody else on Team Mom because Farrah's not there. I literally was just scrolling through my notes thinking, who the fuck else is on Team Mom? Why do I only have three paid, why do I only have three girls? Who did I forget to take notes on? Well, I forgot Farrah left. <laughs> I think I watched a whole episode forgetting that Farrah left. And I'm not somebody that fast forwards through scenes. So, not sure. I guess, I guess not having Farrah on didn't make as much of an impact as I thought it would, uh, except that the episode was still extremely boring. It just, it wasn't good. I would, I mean, look, I'm kind of excited to see Mackenzie McKee. Of course, I'll keep watching, but I just find Young and Pregnant, like, riveting at this point. I think they have the perfect team mom formula going on. I do wish they were one less girl. Kayla could absolutely not be on this show. But overall, I'm just, I'm just loving it. I can't wait for Team Mom 2 to come back. Although I'm sure I'll be bored with that too if Young and Pregnant is like really awesome. Supposedly, I don't know, it keeps changing. Janelle has been filming, Janelle hasn't been filming. 
we really don't know. This is not by Janelle's choice, apparently, if she's not filming. It's because MTV is not filming her. If they kick Janelle off Teen Mom 2, look, I don't want to say I'm going to stop watching this show because I'm not somebody that, like, takes moral high grounds like that and stops watching shows. <laughs> well, okay, first of all, <laughs> let me rephrase that. If I stop watching Teen Mom 2 because Janelle's not on it, it's not for a moral reason. Wow, let me definitely, definitely, definitely make that clear. If Janelle gets fired, there's nothing morally or ethically wrong with that. But I just, she is the heart of the show for me in a way that Fair absolutely never was. I'd say that's actually the problem with Teen Mom OG is that there's no heart of this show. And I guess heart may sound a little positive for some of you ultra Janelle haters out there and hearing me talk about Janelle as the heart of the show may upset you, but that's just my truth. I mean, this show is called Fucking Feathers in My Hair because it's the most iconic moment in the entire Teen Mom 16 and Pregnant franchise. There's not another moment as iconic as Feathers in My Hair. Nobody will ever convince me otherwise. Rihanna didn't use a clip from anybody else's segment to promote her world tour. Just Janelle. I think that if Janelle is off Teen Mom 2, I don't, it's hard. I'm in a weird position, I know, because I do a Teen Mom podcast and I've kind of locked myself into watching this show. That I do understand and that I do acknowledge. So will I continue doing the podcast around current Teen Mom 2 if Janelle is off the show? Possibly. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we at least have one more season of her or at least a half a season of her being on. But as I'm sure you guys could tell, like, I love that episode that I did with Jesse a couple weeks back where we recapped season one, episode 10 of Team Mom 2. Like, that was life-giving to me. I would love to go back and just start Team Mom 2 at the beginning and go from Team Mom 2, episode one, until, what, through season seven, I think is when I started this podcast. Like, that, to me, would be so fun. I really, really would be into that. Um, so we'll see. I'm not sure how long young, how many episodes Young and Pregnant got. I'm not even, we have not gotten a Teen Mom 2 trailer. We have not heard nary a word about new Teen Mom 2. They're definitely filming. I mean, we definitely are getting another season. Kale and Leah were in Hawaii together this week. Oh, by the by, Kale and Javi apparently were, like, trying to get back together, and then he started fucking some other girl. Kale and Javi are the messiest people, and they should be together to take themselves off the market. It's, they're such a mess. But anyway, Kale and Leah went to Hawaii together. Also with, um, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name because I've never actually heard her name, but I think it's Monise from Love and Hip Hop. Not sure which Love and Hip Hop. I know, guys, I don't watch Love and Hip Hop, but... I guess Kale's friends with her for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. But she went to Hawaii with her and Leah and MTV filmed it. People were asking, do Kale and Leah date? Which is very funny. And I personally would love that. I would love a storyline of two of the girls dating. That is my actual dream storyline. In case you guys don't know, the last 16 and Pregnant season that aired, I don't know what season that is, but it was on like three years ago, two of the girls from that season started dating, and they dated for a pretty significant amount of time. I believe they moved in together for a while. 
To me, that's the content that I deeply, deeply crave. I would lose my absolute shit if Kale and Leo were dating. I would wholeheartedly support it. It would be so messy. I mean, imagine Kale, like, visiting West Virginia every other weekend to visit her girlfriend, Leah. Ugh. God. Ugh. I'm pretty sure Leah and Jeremy are 100% back together. Don't ask me for proof. I just know these things, guys. (laughs) Just listen to what I have to say. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm going to just talk a little bit about Team Amoji. We'll start with Macy, who had the only interesting segment. Jade with a Y is so fucking cute. She, Macy gets home from Nicaragua. Still no, not sure when her Naked and Afraid episode is playing. Still not planning on watching it. We find out that TTM, Things That Matter, uh, has now a shipping facility and an employee, which, like, great, good for them. You know, I support. It's great. Macy and Taylor having a business is wonderful. They need things to go on after Teen Mom. By the way, Macy did a voiceover commercial, which is very weird because Macy has, like, an awful monotone voice, in my opinion. I can't stand when she narrates things on MTV. Like, that Young and Pregnant intro episode she narrated was horrific. It was really bad. She sounded awful. But in this bank commercial, she sounded pretty upbeat. Um, I don't even remember which bank. I would, like, tell you how to Google to get there, but... Unfortunately, I'm an asshole and don't know what it is. So, we find out that Macy and Taylor are going to, you know, be expanding their business. Taylor's going to go to Jacksonville for the day and he's going to bring little Bentley along with him. Great. Taylor and Bentley have a great relationship. I'm happy for Bentley. And that's because he has a terrible father. We get a scene of Mackenzie and Ryan. We find out that Mackenzie is taking nursing prerequisites. And that's great. I saw some people bashing her online. And it's like, guys, fucking shut up. Like, Mackenzie is trying to do something. Everybody's calling Mackenzie a fame whore, a gold digger. She's only with Ryan so that she can get popular. But, like, she's going to, if if Mackenzie's truly in school and then is going to go to nursing school, I say good for her. It's a good career. Nursing school is super hard. If that's what she wants to do, I support Mackenzie in that. She's actually doing something productive with her time, which is more than we can say about a lot of these people. For one, her husband. Ryan lets her know that he's ready for a baby, which is not great. So, Mackenzie and Ryan came off, in a word, horrible this episode. They, Mackenzie says some, like, insane things. Like, she thinks Ryan's going to be a good dad. Hey, Mac, Ryan's been a dad for nine fucking years. And he hasn't done a very good job. Like, am I to believe that Mackenzie hasn't watched any of this show? No. By the way, if you got with someone that was on reality TV, even if it wasn't a show that you watched originally, wouldn't you go back and watch every single episode that they were ever on? Like, what are we doing here if you're not researching things? I can't, I I can't understand that. It's like when they get new housewives and they try and say that they never watched a show before they joined it. It's like, 
you're an idiot then. You have to be so fucking stupid to go on an established TV show and not watch every single episode so you know what to expect. It's like taking a test without reading the book. You have to study. What are we, Mackenzie, what are we doing here? It's like Mackenzie came into this situation with, like, no clue who Ryan is, no clue who Macy is, has no idea the backstory of anything, and wasn't able to watch it literally play out. Mackenzie saying that she, not met just Mackenzie, Ryan. Mackenzie and Ryan saying that they don't believe Macy was over the past was kind of startling to me. Now, I want to Wow, Macy and Ryan. Was I saying Macy or Mackenzie? Oh, I can't. Guys, her name needs to be Stephanie. It's just too much. Two MACs. I mean, it's just too much. Mackenzie and Ryan are so delusional. Although I have to wonder if this was edited weirdly. Like, I I hope in my heart that when Mackenzie and Ryan are talking about Macy not being over the past... What they meant was that Macy still is angry that Ryan wasn't a good dad. But I'm pretty sure they don't mean that because then they need to be acknowledging that Ryan is still a bad father, which they're clearly not interested in doing. They also make it seem like Macy is the one that got dumped by Ryan. And I don't remember it happening that way. And they talk about how brave it was for Ryan not to marry Macy, even though everybody was pushing him to do it. Ugh, it just wasn't great, guys. <laughs> it truly, it was, it was not a great episode for them. Uh, one thing I did find remarkably troubling was Ryan declaring that he would like to go meet with the school counselor so that he can become a drug and alcohol counselor. What? He then casually says he'll be going to a few NA meetings this week, which, great, glad to hear that. But we all know Ryan was high as fuck during that scene, yeah? Like, we're all in agreement to how high he was? And he was talking about being a drug counselor? Ay, 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 Not great, Ryan. I mean, it's clear, like, why he said that for the cameras and for Mackenzie, but... Bad. 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 Also, Mackenzie straight up says that Ryan's never been an absent father. Once again, Mackenzie, did you watch this fucking show? Just ask Jen. I think Jen will tell her the truth, that Ryan wasn't really around and that he needs to be doing better. Larry would tell her the truth. I mean, let's all be honest, Larry is most mad that Macy's keeping Bentley from him. Larry doesn't really give a fuck about Ryan coming around. Larry knows that Ryan doesn't come around. Larry knows that he's the one that's been the father in Bentley's life until Taylor moved in. Like, Larry knows what's up. We all need to acknowledge just how cute Jader's was in the scene looking for a bed. And then at the very end when they showed her just like going to sleep in her big girl bed. Really cute. I did notice she was going to sleep with the TV on, which I found a little weird. I mean, I sleep with a TV on, but I'm an adult. So many kids have TVs in their rooms these days. I remember being like a big deal when I got a TV in my room. I think that was in middle school or maybe high school. 
I'm trying. I I think it might have been high school, and <laughs> and because of the way my house was, my dad had to like remember the days of splitting cable. I don't think you have to do that anymore. But my dad had to split the cable, and it had to come down from my ceiling. <laughs> Because he, like, couldn't split it through the wall like everybody else. I don't know why, but the the cable, like, hung from my ceiling. It was quite a look. Um, I noticed a lot of kids have TVs in their rooms. It's a lot. It's too much. Kids are, kids are too addicted to the screen these days, guys. Anyway, Jader's... I love her. I think she's so cute. She's definitely the cutest kid on Teen Mom OG, like by far. She doesn't have a lot of competition, though. It's not like Teen Mom 2 where there's like 7,000 kids from everybody. Um, Okay, so quickly, Kate is at treatment. The family goes to see her. Kate's dad is there, which I think is good. I think Kate... I think Kate feels like she's dealt with her resentments towards her mom because she said she only had, like, a couple things she wanted to talk about with her mom and pages and pages of stuff with her dad. I have a feeling because her dad wasn't really around, obviously, April was the primary caregiver and the primary abuser. And so I would imagine that last time Kate was in treatment, I know April went, I don't know if her dad went to the last family day. And she probably focused a lot on April and has a lot of, leftover stuff from her dad also did you guys notice in the scene for next week is that macy visiting caitlin in treatment i just think it's so sad because macy i think is like amber's best friend and caitlin's best friend or like their good friend and i think caitlin and amber are like people that macy knows from work <laughs> it's depressing Like, if Macy had to go to mental health treatment, she would never call Kate to come visit her there. She would call Keely. She would call her friend Katie. She'd call the millions of other friends. Remember her friend Sway? I wonder how Sway is doing, if she's still around. She probably is. But I don't think she would call, like, the, you know, Macy had, like, 99 bridesmaids. Like, there are people to come visit Macy. I don't think there are people to come visit Kate. That's upsetting. Also, how is next week not the season finale? How many fucking episodes is this season going to be? God damn. We've still got at least four episodes next week. If that, hopefully, is the penultimum episode. Is that how you say that? Penultimum? Ultimate? Penultimate? I don't know. I've told you guys there are lots of words that I've read out loud, but I just don't understand how to pronounce them. Then a season finale, then two reunions. Oh God! If Farah doesn't, if Farah isn't a, like part of this reunion, I know she wasn't there for like filming, but if she doesn't have her own segment, what are we doing here? Ugh, ugh, ugh. So yeah, that's really all that happened. Oh, I did want to touch on this. So Tyler says that Kate has never had a pregnancy that's just not traumatic. Obviously, her first part. Pregnancy was very traumatic because she gave Carly up for adoption. Her second pregnancy was traumatic because it was her first pregnancy post-Carly. And she kind of was dealing with all those emotions. And then this pregnancy she lost. Kiki, the producer, seems shocked by this. And I'm like, yeah, Kiki, we figured that out, like, on the internet years ago. Like, duh. 
I mean, did you guys, I mean, didn't we all know that? I thought we had all accepted that her pregnancy with Nova and birth with Nova was pretty traumatic in regards to how it related to Carly. And that's why her postpartum depression was so severe. Like, I thought we were all on board with that. And Kiki being like, holy shit, like, I never thought of that. It's like, Kiki, what? How? How has she never thought? Didn't they talk about it on the show? Like, I swear to God, in OG season one, like, the first season of OG being back, like, they discussed that on the show. It does I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. When Kiki acted shocked, I was like, wow, Kiki, you're a bozo. By the way, am I just now at this exact moment realizing that Young and Pregnant has not broken the fourth wall? Whoa. 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 Okay, I'm I'm having a moment here. Wow, this was, I just had a real realization. Let me take you on Liz Bentley's ADD thought process. So I was about to be like, wow, Kiki, you're crazy. And then I remembered that Shen, you know, Queen Shen, had posted something about producers setting her up. And then I remembered Princess Jones Curtis in the Facebook group. By the way, you can find us at Emotionally Broken Psychos on Facebook. Just Google search, or not Google search, Facebook search Emotionally Broken Psychos. Or you can type directly into your your URL address bar, mollyandthepsychos.com. That's like a shortcut to the page. Thanks to Nicole. And you'll find the Facebook group. Answer the questions. Just say feathers in my hair sent you. Uh, who is your slender mommy? By the way, that answer is Molly or Malls. Second of all, so in the Facebook group, Princess Jones Curtis said, oh, I bet the producer that set Shen up was Kiki because that's what Kiki does. And I was like, oh, yeah, t- I'm sure it was. Now, right now, I was, I just thought of that again. I just thought of Kiki being a producer for Tyler and Caitlin and a big producer on Team Moji. And then I wondered... I wonder if Kiki works on Young and Pregnant. And then I quickly wondered, who are the producers on Young and Pregnant? And then I realized we haven't seen a producer. They're doing this, like, original style. Like, we're going back to the basics of no breaking the fourth wall. How do I feel about that? How have I not put that together? Like, duh, Liz. Okay, I fucking love the fourth wall being broken. When OG came back and started breaking the fourth wall, I was like, this is fucking brilliant. I want all of my reality TV shows to break the fourth wall. I think production intermingling is, like, so fucking fascinating. It's why I have this podcast and why I'm kind of, like, obsessed with following them on the internet so I can see what really happens versus what they show on TV. I know a lot of people don't like to see the producers because it kind of makes them uncomfortable. Like, I know people fucking hate Janelle Barber's producer, uh, Kristen, Kirsten, I can't remember her name right now, because they feel like she's so manipulative and two-faced and, like, sticks up for Janelle when she shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, because she's fucking good at her job. And I think people just don't like to be confronted with the reality of, like, how gross being a reality TV producer probably is and how close to the show unreal it actually is. But, wow, Young and Pregnant did not break the fourth wall. Huh. I wonder if they're going to keep it that way. I wonder if it's easier for a reality show not to break the fourth wall or if it's easier for a reality show to break the fourth wall. Hmm. 
I I think it works in season one not having the fourth wall broken. You know, in seasons like one and two, like I think that's fine because they're still broke. They're not famous. Like I said last week when I was following all the girls, they had like 2,000 Instagram followers. Like, I mean, I let's be real. I have like 500 Instagram followers. But if I really worked at it, I could get 2,000 Instagram followers. Like it wouldn't be that difficult. Now, once they start getting money is when having the fourth wall there, really difficult. It kind of stopped working on Teen Mom because all of a sudden these teen moms, I'm using that in quotes, are balling out. They don't have jobs that they're working. They have beautiful homes, nice cars, taking trips, and they're celebrities. And it doesn't make sense to tell the story without acknowledging their celebrities. So I wonder if Young and Pregnant is going to hold off on breaking the fourth wall as long as possible. And then one, if, if and when these girls get fame, they will then break the fourth wall. Wow, I can't believe I didn't realize that. Sometimes it's like I don't live in the same universe as everybody else. Anyway, let me uh, go over what happened with Amber this week. Amber took Leah to Florida for a week. Um, Gary and Christina are a little concerned because they don't know Andrew at all. And Leah hasn't been away since Matt and Amber were together. But as long as Amber spends time with her, like, they're happy. She rented a house and they're going to see Bubby. Bubby, Amber is never happy unless she's around Bubby. Did you guys notice that? Like, never. Andrew is, Andrew, Amber is only her, like, natural self when she's around Bubby, I feel like. With Sean around, she's able to be, like, silly and funny, but also, like, a little tough and normal. I feel like with Andrew, she's taking on this really weird persona. I don't know if it's so much the result of Andrew. Like, Amber's had a very calm season since Andrew came into the picture. I think we would all be lying to ourselves if we were pretending, like, Amber hasn't had an extremely calm second half of the season. Oh, God, there's a new marriage boot camp on right now. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait to watch it on my DVR tomorrow. Anyway, um, I, I really, I do think Andrew's had a positive influence on Amber in a way. But I think just, like, the weight of not being with Matt in the high of a new boyfriend is, like, I think Amber is, like, really good for probably eight months with the new guy, you know? Like, I think she just, like, got getting rid of the burden that was Matt was probably very freeing to her. And then being in this new loving relationship with a guy who's treating her well, which I'm assuming Andrew is, is, like, the most incredible thing in the world. And I wonder what will happen when they have the baby and Andrew can't give her attention 24-7, like I'm sure he is right now. I I think that's when things are going to blow up. Oh, also, apparently Amber is back on meds that are safe to take during pregnancy, which, like, great. I still think it'd be beneficial for Amber to go to therapy. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, Andrew, like, kind of gets grilled by Bubby. And he asks, Bubby asks Andrew what he does. And Sean's like, excuse me, Andrew's like, well, I was like, and Amber's like, he does cinematography. It's like, seems, I mean, look, I don't work in the biz, as they call it. But being, like, camera guy number three on marriage boot camp seems 
you know, a, it doesn't seem like cinematography so much to me. I know Andrew's father was a successful cinematographer, but I'm not quite sure Andrew's gotten to that level. Um, but, you know, he's not doing that anymore because he's living in Indiana and Andrew is a writer, apparently. And Sean's like, oh, so you can do that from your home? Like, you can do that from Indiana? And Andrew's like, yeah, I can. And it's like, (laughs) Sean forgot to ask, like, the important part, which is, are you writing for money? (laughs) Are you making any money on this? (laughs) It's so obvious that's, like, what he was trying to get at. And Andrew was, like, working his way against, like, acknowledging the fact that, no, he is not writing for money. I wonder if Andrew... Andrew's writing, you know, the next great screenplay. Like, what if Andrew is writing the Oscar for 2012, 2012, 2022? Like, maybe Andrew's writing that right now, guys. But I kind of doubt it. He also says to Bubby, everybody should be a writer. And in case you guys don't know, Sean is like a crazy fucking Trumper. He loves... Tommy Lauren, or whatever her fucking name is, he is an anti-intellectualist. He's, like, horrific on Twitter. He's truly horrific on Twitter. So, his face made me laugh when Andrew said, I think everybody should write, because I don't think Bubby believes in that. I'm not so sure Bubby uh, agrees with him there. But yeah, I just, like, when Andrew said he's a writer, I was like, are you, though? <laughs> are you a writer? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a writer, too. I write, like, a lot of Reddit comments. No. I mean, maybe he is writing, but the reality is I think we can all agree Andrew doesn't have a job. I don't think Andrew had a lot of jobs. I think Andrew had gigs, you know? Andrew had some reality TV gigs here and there, and I think those are over. And now he's probably getting paid a small amount for his first season of Teen Mom. And he's writing. I imagine Andrew is going to be a full-time dad once the baby comes, which, good for him, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I really, I'm bored of, like, uh, calm Amber, which I know is not right to say, but this is, like, Vanderpump rules when I want Kristen Doty to be as crazy as possible, and she's not being as crazy as possible, and that's how I feel about Amber. So, that's really it. I hope this is okay-ish. I know... This is very different. I'm not going scene by scene. I'm just giving my thoughts. But I'm ready to go scene by scene for my favorite new show, Young and Pregnant, right after this five-second break. Oh, God. I love 16 and Pregnant. I love Young and Pregnant. Did you guys take my advice and do some social media following? Okay, I had to unfollow Ashley because that girl goes live on Instagram every single time I have the app open. What the fuck? Uh, Shen's social media is out of this world wild. Out of this world wild. I think we're all following her. She's following all of us back. It's incredible. And the rest are pretty low-key. Kayla, who I want off the show, has a very, very, very cute baby named Isaiah. So I loved the second episode of Young and Pregnant. I'm still all on board. I thought it was great. It entertained me. I had fun watching it. I'm going to most likely have a guest on this coming week because I need to, you know, really crack into these girls with some other people. Mm, Can't wait. 
So, who should we start with today? I think I want to start with Lexi. Lexi is such a sad little bird. Like, she is the saddest little bird to me. I don't know how to describe her except that way. Kyler, as I said last week, is demented looking. And he's getting uglier every time he's on my screen. I'm like, hee! Like, I truly am disturbed every time he comes on my screen because he's so ugly. Not many cute boys in this show, unfortunately. Trying to think if any of the dads are hot. Oh, my God. I mean, these are children. They're like, well, no, because Sean's like a grown man. Danae is, I believe, 19. Kyler might be the only child. I don't know how old Stefan is. And I can't... Oh, and Barr's over 21. I guess Barr's not ugly. I, there are no hot dads. But, I mean, I guess there aren't really that many, like, hot dads on any of these shows. You know? I guess now... I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, we haven't really ever had that many hot dads. But Kyler is truly unsettling for me. <laughs> I... I just, I don't, I don't get his, his whole thing, I don't get. And Lexi is just, like, so upsetting to watch. Because she is kind of a 12-year-old. I'm pretty sure she's the youngest one on this this show. And it shows so deeply. Like, she just, you know, especially if you contrast her with someone like Jade, who's, I mean, to be fair, Jade is four years older than her. But, and that makes a huge difference, you know, 17 to 21. But Lexi needs to go back to middle school. (laughs) Like, truly needs to go back to middle school. So, we find out Lexi wants to name her baby Zane because Zane is her favorite member of One Direction, which, I mean, like, cute, but also this was filmed in 2017. And aren't we, like, a little bit past One Direction standing? I mean, in the year of our Lord, 2017, like, aren't we just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit past that? Um, Zane standing in 2017, like, is sad. You know, it's a depressing place to live. But once again, it just, like, affirms for me that Lexi is 12. They can't agree on a name. Apparently, Lexi hates all the names Kyler has suggested. And then Kyler makes a joke about naming their child McLovin, which... You know, once again, like, I love to see that children are still watching the movie super bad. What year did that actually remember? That came out in summer 2007, a full 10 years later, and McLovin is still in our lexicon. Like, good for you, super bad. What's that actor up to these days? I haven't seen him in much. Um,. Lexi, like, deeply, deeply thought that they would get back together, but apparently they're not going to. And Lexi's just thrilled that he's around and willing to talk about baby stuff. Like, Lexi, that's the father of your child. Like, I... It's it's kind of deeply upsetting for me to watch. I... It's... She's so young. And I'm also not sure why her mom's, like, not being harsher on her about the reality of the situation. I need some more intel and info on Lexi's mom. 
I feel like we really have not dug deep into her. Also, I might have talked about this in the last episode. I'm feeling deeply overwhelmed with how many names I need to learn. Like, I I panic a little bit thinking about it. Like, not only do we have five girls, we have five dads. We have five grand. Well, we have ten grandmas, you know? No. Yeah, we have ten grandmas. We have ten grandfathers. Have Do any of these girls have dads? I'm trying to think. Have we seen any of these girls' dads? They're just like so many potentials. There are sisters. There are friends. I, I, I mean, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot getting into a new, sh- a brand new show that has five main characters <laughs> that we're following around five storylines. Like that's a lot. I really do think that that was the the mistake on Young and Pregnant. I think what they should have done, if I was MTV, what I would have done is I would have filmed five girls and then cut one out at the end. <laughs> Like, sorry, not sorry to Kaylee, Kaylee, Kayla, but, like, you're gone. You know, you'll still get paid, but you're just not going to be a star. By the way, I can't believe we didn't see Team Mom New Jersey. Now that I know how much I fucking love Young and Pregnant, I cannot believe they scraped a whole season of Team Mom New Jersey. What the fuck was that? What the fuck, MTV? You should send that to me so at least I can watch it. Okay. Uh, they go to an ultrasound. Kyler's there, and Kyler makes a comment that he keeps getting invited to senior safe projects, which is presentations on why they shouldn't do drugs. I don't, I don't really understand what that was. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had enough context for that. That wasn't a thing that happened at my school. I mean, we had that thing where they would <laughs> every other year they would like do the fake car accident. And we would have assemblies where, like, someone who was handicapped, or handicapped, somebody who was, like, made handicapped by a drunk driver would, like, come in and talk. Like, those type of uh, presentations. But they weren't, like, things you got invited to. Like, you had to go. They were assemblies. I don't know. I have been out of high school for quite a long time now. (laughs) Quite a long time now. Like, 12 years Yikes. Um, so maybe things have changed since I was in high school. Um, Amber, who is Lexi's mom, I did write that in my notes, makes a joke that he should do a presentation on safe sex. <laughs> um, apparently the baby's sucking his thumb in the ultrasound, and Amber makes a joke about how Lexi sucked her thumb up until two years ago, which is deeply dark. It really reminds you that Lexi is a small child. There's just, guys, there's just something so young about her. She looks young. She acts young. She speaks young. The thing with her and Kyler is upsetting. I Do you think Kyler's an Adam? By the way, I know I've been doing a lot of comparisons. And I may have even said last week that Lexi's a Brianna. And what I meant by that was just, like, in how meek she is. Obviously, her family is nothing like Brianna's family. But someone on Reddit, shout out to Reddit, I know I just quote things off Reddit, someone on Reddit said that uh, Lexi reminded them of a Chelsea, and I, I was like, yeah, kind of. She kind of is a Chelsea, because, you know, she's chasing Kyler, she's a supportive family, she's a little dumb, so I'm willing to put Lexi as Chelsea. I can see her becoming a fan favorite. By the way, I'm having in my head trouble not mixing up the names Lexi and Kayla. 
I they're nothing alike. Their storylines are nothing alike. Their baby daddies are nothing alike. Well, I don't know. They might be alike. They don't look alike. But Kayla and Lexi are names that are cut from the same cloth for me. You know, they are just like that special child born in the late 90s. I'm just realizing Lexi may have been born in the year 2000. Oh my god. Um, but like late 90s baby name. So that's just something. <laughs> that's just something that nobody cares about, but I'm sharing because this is my podcast. Um, poor Lexi. Sometimes Kyler calls her his girlfriend. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, Lexi's mom and her go shopping and Lexi's like, okay, Lexi's mom's like, well, like, what are you two? And Lexi says probably the saddest thing that they've said so far on this show, which is that she's too scared to ask Kyler to like define the relationship, define the relationship because she doesn't think she's going to get the answer that she wants. That was so sad to me. I was so sad to hear that. Like, poor baby Lexi. Like, who hasn't been their girlfriend? Like, who who amongst us <laughs> has been hooking up with a guy for way too long and didn't ask him if you were exclusive because you knew he would say no. And as long as you didn't ask him, you could pretend that you two were together. I mean, thank God I don't do that type of stuff anymore. But, like, if that wasn't me from the ages of, like, I don't know, 17 to 20, well, like 22, I don't know what was. Like, that's, oh, that was real. That was a real moment. I think Lexi's so upsetting for me to watch because she's, like, very real, normal high school teen girl. And that's hard to watch. She's someone I can, like, I mean, I didn't get pregnant when I was 17, but I was, like, a stupid 17-year-old, so I can relate to her in a way. Um, Lexi, oh, they do have, if you guys notice, they're filming themselves. We're not, we're not getting those scenes that often, but they're popping up every once in a while, which they would do on 16 and Pregnant, but not so much ever on Teen Mom. And Lexi talks about how Kyler gave her a promise ring last year, and they would talk about getting married, and she loves her promise ring, and she doesn't want to take it off. Oh, poor baby girl. And, um... They go and they meet up and she's like, well, you know, people keep asking me if we're together. Oh, I need to. I'm sorry. I need to interrupt myself. Lexi's mom. So Lexi's mom is basically like, well, if you can't talk about this, like how are you? You're going to have to talk about raising a child together. Like you're going to have a lot more tough questions to ask him. And Lexi's like, I know. But I feel like Lexi's mom needs to talk some sense into her. She needs to empower Lexi not to be with Kyler. Like, she has to see that Kyler is stringing her daughter along and that he's not a good person for Lexi. And she's like, well, you should talk to him. I can't. Did we also notice Lexi's mom, like, hair being dyed a bunch of neon colors in the front that I'm assuming she did with, like, you know, like, that chalk dye? Like, I think that's what that was. I think Lexi's mom seems supportive and nice, but I'm wondering if she's a little too supportive and nice. Can't get a good read on can't get a good read on Amber. Uh, back to the Kyler and Lexi scene. Basically, Lexi gets the balls to ask Kyler straight up, like, 
are we together? Are we not? And Kyler says he's not quite ready to be locked down. When I say I had a full body cringe at that moment, ugh. Ugh. That was terrible. Kyler, you're awful. Get yourself off my TV. He wants to date other people. And he did make a good point that he's like, look, I want to hang out with friends because when we were together, like, I couldn't really hang out with friends. Like, you always wanted to spend time with me. And Lexi's like, I didn't know you felt that way. (laughs) I mean, I do think it's reasonable for a high, like, a high school senior to be like, I don't really want to be with you because when we're together, like, I don't see my friends. I think that's a common problem for a lot of people. But what he says next is so disgusting He says being with Lexi is like when a fly gets stuck in a spider web. Describing how clingy Lexi in. That was so sad to me. Oh, I was so, it was so sad when he said, and Lexi just sits there and she doesn't say anything. Lexi's not a person that emotes a lot, I've noticed. Have you have you guys noticed Lexi does not show a lot of emotion? <laughs> Poor Lexi. It was honestly like, it, I know I said this, but Lexi is just, she's just upsetting for me. I, I get really upset watching Lexi scenes. Poor Lexi. I'm, I'm all in on Lexi's storyline. You know, my initial impressions are she is going to probably bring enough drama with the Kyler stuff, but not be so over the top that she might be one of our palate cleansers. So as I said, I think Jade is a kale. I think Ashley's going to be high drama, high, high, high drama. Um, I think Brianna might end up being our Janelle. Now, when I said that, I don't know if I think Brianna's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just can see Brianna taking a weird dark turn. I just, I don't, I don't have a lot of justification for it. I can, it's just something that I'm feeling in my bones. And as you guys know, like, I make proclamations on here quite often that are not factual, and I end up being proven completely wrong. And we're on episode two. Like, these are my off-the-bat initial feelings. Um, Kayla is either going to be boring or just... Yeah, I think Kale is going to be boring. Um, and who else is on the show? Jade. Jade is our Kale. So I really see Lexi being like a Chelsea Macy palate cleanser type of situation. A shitty baby dad, but like a happy family, does well on her own, will be eventually be a good, a good independent mom, good storyline to watch. So yeah, Lexi, I'm pleased with you. I want to go into Brianna, who is far and away the best part of the show for me. Yeah. Shen is... uh, Okay. Let me rephrase that. Shen is an incredible part of the show. Ashley's scenes, as I said, are high drama. But I don't find Ashley and Barb that engaging to watch. They scream at each other a little too much for my liking. I don't... Have I... I don't know if I've ever talked about this... But I don't love, like, watching characters just scream at each other. That's not that entertaining to me on a show. 
I mean, I like it when, like, Barbara and Janelle do it. I don't really know how to describe what I'm saying, so I'm going to stop saying it. But Ashley and Barr on their own are not that compelling to me. They're, it's fine to watch. The drama is fun. But Brianna, I have, I am, like, emotionally drawn to Brianna's segments. I, last night I was watching this, I was like, I'd watch a whole fucking show on Brianna's life. Her mom, whose name I still have not figured out because I have really bad ADD and taking detailed notes while watching a show is quite hard for me. I'm sorry and I don't, I, I'm trying guys. (laughs) But Brianna's mom, looking all of 32 years old, I find her amazing. I think she's a great communicator. I'm really into her. Danae, really into his manipulative bullshit. Brianna, that sad little puppy thing she does, love it. The trans issue, we're going to have a disability issue. They're also an interracial couple. Like, there is so much. There's so much to give in Brianna's segments. I am captivated when Brianna is on this. I think um, Brianna is going to be the heart of Young and Pregnant, like Janelle is the heart of Teen Mom too. I, I really do feel that way. Ugh, I love, I just, I loved her scenes this episode. I was, I was, I mean, I was truly riveted. So, Danae's mom and sister are visiting. I'm still confused about Danae's living situation, how long he's been living in Wisconsin, what the entire scenario is. He seems to be at Brianna's house a lot, but they've said that he's not living there. What does he do for a living? I feel like we need way more backstory. Um, his mom is coming and she's concerned, which like, yeah, she better be. Uh, and apparently his mom is still struggling with his gender identity, which I think is cool to watch play out. I mean, it's sad for Danae, but I think that's a very real storyline. I have a cousin that's transitioned. Well, he's still transitioning. And I mean, I know... Our family is still, not, we're not struggling with it, but our family is still messing up on pronouns a little bit. You know, we've known him with one pronoun for, how old is he? 18 years. And now it's another pronoun. And uh, I find in text we're really good, but when talking about him or talking to him, it can be a little harder. It just slips out. Uh, So I think, I don't know. I just think it's interesting watching this play out on TV. I don't think on any of my other reality TV shows that I watch, I really get to see this. So the whole family is taught, the whole family, I mean, they're all at Brianna's apartment and they're talking and Brianna's just like really surprised that Dee stuck around considering, you know, that it's not Danae's child. And Danae says that he has more of a connection with his stepdad anyway. And Danae's mom says something like, well, yeah, like, you know, her stepdad raised her from when he was, like, two. And Danae's like, yo, yo, why are you saying she? Like, everybody else here is saying he. But I will say, it doesn't seem like his mom is being malicious. At least from what we see. His mom is calling him Danae. His mom, you know, we didn't hear her slip up at all in his name. It just seems like she needs time. So they all go out to get ice cream. Brianna, by the way, is just like such a cute little pregnant girl. Like she just has this little belly, but she's like tiny everywhere else. Um, 
And Mom and Danae, I think the mom's name is Robin. Uh, let me see. I do have this in my notes, I remember. Robin, yes, it's Robin. Danae and Robin go outside and have a little talk. And I thought Robin kept it real. She's like, look, do you want to come back to Chicago? You can come back to Chicago. And Danae's like, well, what about, like, my girlfriend and our baby? And Robin's like, she needs to be here with her mom. Basically, what I took from it is, like, you can come home. Brianna's not invited. (laughs) This is an offer for you. And Danae's like, well, no, I I need to stay here with my baby. And Robin basically says, like, okay, but you've been here for a year. You are still in the exact same place. And you're not moving up with your life. You're not moving on with your life. You're just, like, not doing anything. And uh, Danae is upset. And you can tell he's, like, trying not to fight with her. And he's like, you're right. I, I just thought it was interesting. Like, I think Robin was trying. I think Robin's trying hard. I think Robin's trying hard to be supportive of all the. I mean, look. I can't imagine that it's very easy to have a transgender child. I don't think it necessarily has to be hard. But if we're being real, like, for me, if I had a transgender child, like, cool, what pronouns, what name, like, we're good, we're gravy. You know, for my cousin, his parents, we're awesome, we're doing good. But the reality is, most people, it's a hard situation for. Then, you see your kid agree to start raising a kid that's not theirs. Like, that must be really difficult. And I thought Robin was doing a really good job basically being like, you don't have to do this. It's cool if you want to come home. Like, you don't have to be a part of this. It is the next day. And, well, maybe not the next day. I mean, it's kind of presented as the next day. But, you know, timelines. I don't know. Danae's family's gone. We find out Brie and Danae had a huge fight. Now, tell me, if this is not a Janelle... Lauren Evans fight. I don't know what the fuck is. MTV cameras miss this. I am livid. I cannot believe the cameras miss this. I cannot believe Brandon didn't pull out her camera phone. Like, what are we doing here for not filming the fights? So apparently, Danae wanted to go out with go out with his friends, and Bree was really pissed that he wasn't invited. She wasn't invited, excuse me. So she chased down the car barefoot and made them let her into the car. Then she gets in the car and realizes that, you know, she doesn't actually want to go home. She doesn't actually want to go out and she just wants to go home. So she throws a fit, I'm assuming, and gets out of the car. Still barefoot and apparently four blocks away from her house. And this is all at 11 o'clock at night, which like, where are you going at 11 o'clock at night when you're 17 and pregnant, Brianna? Like, baby girl, stay home. Even if your shitty boyfriend wants to go out, stay home, girl. You don't want to go to the party. Because where could they be going at 11 o'clock at night? They're either going to a party or they're going to smoke weed at someone's house or to do something that you should not be involved in. Um, so Danae left her barefoot and she had to walk home and Brianna's mom is rightfully livid. She basically calls a family meeting and this is why I'm confused on where Danae lives because Danae clearly has just woken up and comes out of the house. So I'm under the impression that he slept there. He has a cup of coffee in his hand. He looks like he just got out of bed. He's yawning. 
Like, this is a first thing in the AM conversation. This is not Danae lives at his apartment. He drives over in the morning. You know, he drives over when he wakes up. Like, this is, he rolled out of bed and came outside to film this scene. I love that they have these talks, like, outside in their backyard. I wonder if it's, like, hard to film in their living room or what. But it seems like they talk a lot outside in their backyard. The mom is really mad. So, basically, she is like, how the fuck could you leave my child out there and not make sure that she gets home okay? And Danae, you can tell, does not want to talk about it. And I feel like this episode, we're really starting to see who Danae is. Like, really starting to see it. It's very obvious to me. He is extremely manipulative. He's extremely immature and is one of those people that just completely shuts down when they don't want to be in the conversation. It's actually one of my least favorite types of people to be around in real life. I find them infuriating. You know, I cannot believe I'm in a place where I'm deeply relating with the moms on the show. (laughs) Because I, Brianna's mom, I'm feeling like kindred spirits too, because I feel like she looks like she's my age. She's somebody... Just by looks alone, I feel like I would be friends with. <laughs> I really am having a moment that I'm realizing that this is where I am in my life. I am closer to the grandmothers in age than I am the children. <laughs> oh, that's dark and sad. <laughs> oh, man. And I agree with Brianna's mom. She's like, how the fuck could you leave my child who is pregnant, who you're saying that you want to be the father of this kid and not make sure she gets home okay. And the mom is like, can you not see how this is a bad idea? And Danae's like, well, she should have stayed in the car. Which, I mean, yeah, true. True. (laughs) And that's when Brianna finally says something. She's like, you're right, I should have stayed in the car. And Janae starts to go on about how if she's going to be an adult, I'm assuming, like, if she's going to be an adult and make these adult decisions and, like, she and she wants to get out of the car, then she's going to get out of the car and she's not my problem. And Brianna's mom, no. She goes, but she's not an adult. She's 17. And, oh, that was good. I liked that. And Danae says, this is between me and her. I don't care if it's in your si- inside your house or outside your house. Mom is like, no. Nope, not how it works. <laughs> I feel like Danae acts like a 14-year-old. I think he's 19. He does not act that way at all. I just feel so much for Brianna's mom. Danae, at this point, is done. He's not ready to talk about it. And Brianna's mom is like, knowing you don't think there's anything wrong with this, that's what makes it hard for me to trust you to take care of my daughter and obviously, by extension, take care of my grandchild. You know, Brianna's mom's only concern is that Brianna is safe and that Brayson, remember baby Grayson with a B, Brayson is safe. I just, you know, I thought she was a great communicator. She didn't yell. She didn't have a fit. She wasn't like, you're a piece of shit. This wasn't a Barbara Evans conversation, you know, where she just puts all the blame and comes in hot. I thought she was pretty calm, cool, and collected, all things considered. Uh, Danae is not into it and he walks away to call his mom and his mom picks up the phone but she's at work and she can't really talk and she's like 
she needs to mind her business. She needs to stay out of it. No, I don't think so. Robin, we disagree. I just don't agree with you, Robin. This is Brianna's mom's business. They live, or at least Brianna lives in her mom's house. She's 17 years old. Mm. Did did not agree with Robin. Um, Danae, <laughs> Danae hangs up and says, it was so sad. He's like sitting in the middle of a field somewhere and he goes, that's not the guidance I was looking for. <laughs> it was so like sad but funny I'm sorry it was funny and some sad music is playing and Brianna is sitting outside and she just feels like it's a constant battle between their relationship and her mom and here's here's a little adult lesson for Brianna and any 17 year olds that are listening here. If your parents are in general, good people and they're not abusive and they love you and they treat you well, if they don't like your boyfriend, it's probably for good reason. You shouldn't have to be fight. If your parents are rational, good, non-abusive parents and they hate your boyfriend, you should trust them because they're usually right in that case because they just love you and they want what's best for you. Uh, we see Danae and Brianna have a talk in her room, and she's like, hey, I know you didn't really want to have that talk today. I could tell you didn't want to have it. I, and I'm like, I'm sorry that I didn't say anything, but, like, why did you shut down so quickly? And this is when my blood boils, when Danae's like, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, I will never be perfect enough for you. God, I, that's so fucking manipulative. Nobody's ever asking you to be perfect, Danae. Nobody's asking for that. I think Danae is super frustrated because obviously Brianna was the one that was like mostly, she totally initiated this. Like she's the one that started the fight. She's the one that barged her way into the car. She's the one that insisted she get out of the car. But Danae is in the wrong because if, I mean, if she's four blocks away, just turn the car around and let her out at her house. Like just turn the car around, you know, that's it. That's it. It's okay to lose in that case to make sure your pregnant girlfriend that does not have shoes on at 11 o'clock at night is home safely while you go out and do whatever you're doing with your friends. Brianna is like, well, why don't you care? And he, Danae does, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm awful. Ugh, I'm just awful. Are we done with this conversation yet? And that's kind of where their segment wraps up. And that's just so fucking annoying to me. I hate that so much when you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they go immediately to that like poor me, poor me. I can never be right. You guys never let me be right. Ugh, I just hate I hate it so much. But yeah, as I said, I find them so fucking compelling to watch. I'm so excited. I can't wait till we see some of their fights on camera. Come on, MTV. We should have round-the-clock filming. We cannot miss this stuff. This is what we tune in for. <laughs> Can't wait. But I guess in a way, maybe it's good that we haven't seen them, like, openly fighting yet because they can tell we're really building to it where I'm about to get into Ashley's segment and I think what I was talking about by they scream at each other too much is that we, like, haven't even had a chance to see them have any sort of a build-up to it. They're just screaming all the time. And that's why it's kind of fun for Shen to come in because there was a buildup for that. But Bar and Ashley just seem obnoxious screaming at each other all the time. 
trying to think of who they remind me of. It's like Brianna and Devon, like early in their season, like early in their seasons, but like on their 16 and pregnant. There's just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, they just scream a lot at each other. And it's tough to watch. So let's go to Ashley, who, as I said, goes live on Instagram about 70 times a day. Like, she has hours worth of live footage every day on Insta Stories. Like, that's wild. You should stop doing that, Ashley. Don't be so desperate. It's not a good look. Although, is that what kids today do? She's not really a kid. She's like 21. Is that what 21-year-olds do? I mean, I think I'm pretty in touch with youth culture. I go on Twitter. (laughs) I watch YouTube. (laughs) um so bar spent the night in oakland after they had a huge fight and she all ashley wants is for bar to set boundaries with shen which seems totally totally reasonable somebody online somewhere said shen basically commits emotional incest with her children which i high key agree with if you guys go look at her instagram the way she talks about her sons is deeply 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 disturbing bar basically she goes to pick up bar and bar and her talk and he's like well it's not just my mom i think we have bad communication and i think what he's saying is like okay i understand that my mom's wild but like you're being wild right back which just escalates the situation it makes everything crazy and it's not just her like you going off the handle so quickly just blows this whole thing up which is, like, not incorrect. I mean, Shen's basically 100% in the wrong here, right? Like, we love Queen Shen, but she's, like, really super in the wrong. (laughs) But, you know, Ashley escalating, it's like, what's the saying? If you've walked past... If you fight with crazy, the person walking past you won't know which one is crazy. I don't know what the saying is, but Ashley, you're fighting with crazy, which is just going to make you crazy. I'm a really big believer a really big believer and you don't fight with crazy because you never come out looking on like on top because you can't rationalize with people like Shen. <laughs> you know, Ashley, you're never going to have just like a normal cute relationship with Shen. Like she is who she is. She's probably in her 40s or 50s and she's not changing. <laughs> you can accept it or you can ignore her. Ashley goes to lunch with her friend and says that she wants to have a unicorn baby shower and that she is going to let Shen come. We find out that, I don't know if they mentioned this in the last episode, um, Shen posts a lot on social media, so I'm getting a little confused about what I've seen on TV versus what I've seen on her Facebook page and Instagram pages. She posts a lot, a lot, in like paragraphs, like When I say, like, she'll, like, post a picture of herself and write nine paragraphs underneath it. It's, I mean, it's incredible. Like, (laughs) she was born to be on reality TV. I think she might have even, she might be suing Ashley. Ashley suing Shen. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. So, apparently Shen did a Facebook Live where Shen held up her dirty underwear. Although Shen this week posted the video and it wasn't Shen it was Shen's nieces who Ashley and Barr were living with and they like find according to Shen got so sick of Ashley's shit they decided to hold up her dirty underwear which is like 
what I mean, I'm literally, I'm at a loss for words on what level of insane that is. I can't imagine a time period in my life where I would ever be inspecting anybody's dirty underwear, let alone touching it with my hands, let alone holding it up to my cell phone to post on Facebook live. Remember when people aren't live on Facebook? <laughs> I feel like people aren't doing that very much anymore. Remember Periscope, Instagram and Facebook Live really killed that, didn't they? Poor Periscope. It was a good idea. Periscope came and went so quickly. Um, and apparently she called Holly half enemy. Holly is the baby that Ashley's carrying. <laughs> and because Ashley is enemy, Holly is half enemy, which is, I mean, beyond fucked up. That's so fucked up to call a baby half enemy because you don't like her mother. I can't, I can't imagine the level of fucked upness that brings you to that point. So it's baby shower day. Past her tea, Ashley's mom is there making cupcakes and Ashley is worried that Shen and T are going to fight. I love, I like past her tea a lot. I am really all in on past her tea. I find she walks a really good line of being entertaining for the cameras, sticking up for her daughter, but not just being like full on wild, wilding out like Shen, you know, and especially compared to Shen, she comes off very rationally. I love a woman that's like firm and aggressive and sticks up for her family, but doesn't come off just looking batshit crazy. And I think that's where Pastor T is living and that I respect. I'm, I find her, I find Pastor T to be the most um, compelling to watch part of the segments. Shen is the one that you can't, like, you can't help but be like, holy shit, this is incredible. Like, this is riveting TV. She was made for reality TV. But Pastor T, I think, is maybe the heart of not young and pregnant, but the heart of Ashley's segments. She's the one that keeps these segments grounded. She seems normal, but also like has a little bit that's willing to turn on for the cameras, you know, just a little, just enough, just enough that she is good to watch. I enjoy her. She's like what she's, Pastor G is kind of like an early season Randy before we realized Randy called himself Papa Randy Licious and like, like got into Twitter fights with teenage girls. Like, <laughs> this is like season one, Randy, when we were still like, Randy's just a great dad. <laughs> I wish my dad was Randy. Like before we realized what Randy was like on Twitter, that's where I would put Pastor T. Um, Ashley by the way, have we discussed, Ashley's fucking beautiful. Like, yes, I know she had a unicorn headband on, like a unicorn horn headband at her baby shower, but she looked incredible. She was wearing a really cute dress. She's just pretty. Like, she's, I mean, like, she was a stripper, so I guess that makes sense. But, like, she, every time she comes on screen, I'm like, Ashley's beautiful. She has beautiful skin. I, I like, I like, she does her makeup well. I like the way Ashley looks. And Queen Shen arrives with her entourage in tow, in court, uh, including Barr's brother. It looked like a couple other people. And she declares, that's my seed. I nearly had a heart attack. I 
could not believe it. I, uh, uh, it just was so weird. (laughs) It was so weird. I loved it. I loved it so much. Shen and T say hi to one another, and T hopes that they can talk later and basically warns Shen, like, we just want everybody to have a good time. So they play some baby shower games, and by the way, like, my literal nightmare, I don't really understand. It looks like this is being held in, like, a public park. Like, it it wasn't the best location I've ever seen, but, you know, it's okay. But baby shower games, ugh, the worst, the absolute worst. Thank God that my sister-in-law's baby shower last year, we played no such games. It was wonderful. Um... Something, they're playing a game that has to do with the biggest purse and Shen pulls out, you know, Shen's showing off. She like pulls out her purse. She has Vaseline and edge control. She, you can tell Shen loves being the center of attention. She loves every, all eyes on her. And she starts to get mad because the lady that's leading the game keeps saying Ashley and her significant other. And Shen's like, why does she keep saying her significant other? Why isn't she saying his name? What's wrong with his name? His name is Barr. And Ashley says to Barr, she's like, I don't think this lady even remembers your name. She doesn't really know you. Which I think is reasonable because I think Barr is from Vegas. I can't get a hold on where Barr lives or, like, is from. But I I mean, the whole time Ashley was with Barr, they lived in Vegas. You know, they partied on the strip, as they said, until she got pregnant and they moved back. So I think it's pretty reasonable that this woman who's leading it's probably someone from her mom's church you know what I mean like not even an aunt probably just someone from her mom's church who agreed to basically MC the baby shower for them and Shen is not pleased she takes it as a slight to bar which it's like bar's not offended you shouldn't be offended Shenandoah like take a deep breath bar walks over to uh Shen and whispers in her ear that she's being petty and she needs to stop being petty. And then Shen talks about Barr's fine ass. Hmm. That's, it's just not okay, guys. It's just really, it's not okay. By the way, from what I could tell, Troy, Barr's brother, who I believe is now in jail, was very hot. I would fuck Troy. I like Troy. I'm into him. Hi, Troy McEady. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear Troy McEady's thoughts on Young and Pregnant. Ugh, cannot fucking wait. Ugh, so excited. So, basically, I don't even understand what happens, but Barr wants to take some photos with Shen, like, and his family, and Ashley agrees to take the pictures, and Shen doesn't like how she's taking the pictures. I can't. I couldn't clearly tell what Shen was mad about in this moment. I'm not sure anybody knew what Shen was about mad about, including Shen. And basically is, like, repeating over and over again, like, stop telling her to me not to be petty when she's being petty. Like, you go get on her ass. Get off my ass. Why are you telling me not to be petty? She's the petty bitch. Like, over and over again. Like, loud. I mean, Ashley's standing four feet away from her. <laughs> like taking her picture, clearly saying it loud enough. 
Then Shen says that she has to leave. She says bye to Bar and then walks up to Ashley to say bye to the baby and goes to, like, put her hand on Ashley's stomach and Ashley, like, jumps back, which, look, I can, like, would it have been the end of the world for Ashley to, like, let Shen say bye to the baby and put her hand on her stomach? No, but she had just called Ashley a bitch and was, like, talking mad shit about Ashley the entire time that she was there and has been awful to her, like, just don't touch her. Like, you don't need to do that. Like, you know, things were fine. Like, you were being fine. And I can't stand a person that likes talking shit. And then it's like, let me say bye to her and, like, want to put her hand on Ashley's stomach like Shen. No. So, Shen is mad. And Barr goes outside to, like, comfort her. And he agrees. He was like, I apologize. That wasn't right. Which is crazy. Bar, pick a side and stay on it. And Ashley basically tells her mom that Shen called her a bitch. And guys, this is why I call T the heart of Ashley's segment. Her face when she yeah, her face when she hears Ashley say that Shen called her a bitch was like, oh I don't the fuck I don't think so. Turns on her heels so quickly and power walks out of that room. And everybody behind her pops up to follow her. Because remember, this is Pastor T. I'm sure these are all ladies from Pastor T's church. <laughs> They're not going to go let their pastor fight some crazy lady <laughs> without their backup. I rewound that scene like three times just to watch Pastor T's face, her body turn power walk and everybody pop up behind her if you guys haven't watched that scene if you're not watching this episode but you're listening to these recaps it's it happens in the last like 56 minutes of the episode like i highly recommend you just watch that one scene because it was it was incredible it was like a movie it was it just happened so quickly and so smoothly so everybody falls outside and he's like why why do we have this disrespect and this is a this is where I, like, really deeply fell in love with T. Because T could have walked right up to Shen and, you know, punched her in the face. And, like, don't you dare call my daughter a bitch again. But she didn't. That's not what she does. She's a pastor. She spreads love. Um, Shen says that she didn't call her a bitch. And T is not having it. But also, like, it's just remarkable to watch her, like, keep her cool. And not... And raise her voice and, like, be aggressive and stern, but not be crazy. Especially against the crazy lady Shen. And you know what? This is where T trumps Ashley and where her clearly wisdom comes with age. Because Ashley is screaming in the background, Bye, bitch! Find someone else because you're not welcome here! Bye, bitch! Bye, bitch! Like, screaming in the background. And T is realizing... T realizes that fighting with crazy will never do you good. And so she's not fighting with her. She's just being like, why, why is this going on? Like, why why can't we have calm? Bars in the background going, it's a baby shower. Why can't we be happy? <laughs> uh, Ashley starts screaming at Bar to leave and go with his mom. And she's calling Shen a bitch, which really sets Bar off. Don't call my mom a bitch. And then Ashley starts screaming. 
Bar is upset. Pastor T is saying, your mama, Bar. Your mama, she's out of line, Bar. <laughs> and like waving her finger. She's out of line, Bar. <laughs> and I just love it because she could be like, Pastor T could have been like, your mom's a fucking crazy lunatic bitch, Bar. But no, she's not saying that. She's just saying you're out of line. You're out of line. <laughs> so fucking funny. This, from when... I mean, the whole thing was, the whole time Shen is there, it's great. But from the moment of Ashley telling Pastor T that Shen called her a bitch to the end is just like, chef kiss perfect. So fucking good. Ashley starts sobbing, saying, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Ugh, loved it. I'm love, I mean, look at this fucking fight and what's happening on Young and Pregnant, which, by the way, I'm officially typing Young and Pregnant as YP. I'm not going to do an, I'm calling it YP. That's it. I'm not going to do an and sign unless I really feel like it. But if I say TMYP, no, I'm doing T-Mom Young and Pregnant. Okay? We're all on the same page? Glad. This is, this has been an episode of Liz Bentley's Style Manual. <laughs> That wouldn't be an episode, I know, but this has been, whatever, I've just lost my joke and killed it. Anyway, <laughs> Ashley is, I mean, her scenes, it was fun. Love Pastor T. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.